victory is yours. You know that? I don't know what you are going through in your life, in your family, in your health, in your finances, in your heart, in your relationship, in your marriage. I don't know. But I know God's got an answer. And I know that any two people that submit themselves to God and His Word and His work will have victory in their relationship, in their family, in their health, in their finances. He's good. God's good. He hasn't forgotten you. Amen? He hasn't forgotten you. Praise God. If you're new, I just want to say welcome to Eternity Church. I'm glad that you're here today. Uh, We've got a gift for you after the service. Uh, One of our people wearing the yellow shirt right after the service are going to give you a a welcome bag, a shirt, and a couple other goodies just to say thank you so much for coming to Eternity Church today. I just want you to know that I love you. I'm glad that you're here. I want you to know that Jesus loves you, and uh, he's glad that you're here, and he's got a plan for your life. And and today, it's not just this moment where you're in church and maybe God. No, no, you're in your father's house today. Amen. This is your father's house. And uh, who knows that in the father's house, things are made right, lives are made whole. You're, you're, You're provided for, you're encouraged, you're healed. My, my kids, because, you know, we, we drive a, a decent car and have a decent house. And so our kids, they think they're rich, right? I remember my kids one day said to me, Dad, are we rich? Well, not one day, like repeatedly. I'm like, I am. You're broke. <laughs> You've got nothing. But you are in my house. So in my house, you're going to get to eat, you're going to get prayer, you're going to have shelter, it's going to be safe, I'm going to look after you. Hey, church, you're in your father's house right now. And in your father's house, you're going to get provided for, you're going to get fed, you're going to be, you're going to be healed, amen, you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be looked after, you're in your father's house today, amen. And whether you're broke or rich, your father is richer. And he's also, he's rich in mercy, rich in grace. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, amen. You're in your father's house. And I know that today he's going to bless you. That the things in your life that don't line up with his word are going to maybe get a little closer. Amen. Can I pray for you right now? Come on, would you lift up your hands? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to be in your house, our father's house. It's not my house, it's not their house, it's your house, Lord. And in your house, miracles happen. In your house, anxiety is healed. In your house, people are set free from suicidal ideologies. In your house, people are healed. In your house, wisdom is found. In your house, encouragement is gained. Lord God, I just pray that today as as I preach your word, as we sit in your presence, that that, that, that we would, that you would begin to line our lives up with your word so that we leave this place a bit more in tune with your word and your ways and your work in our lives in Jesus' name. Could someone say amen? Amen. amen. Hey, let me read Genesis 8, chapter, uh, verse 1, and then we, can, uh, then we can sit down. But God remembered Noah. But God, whenever there's a but God, Something awesome's going to happen. But God remembered Noah. <laughs> Look at me. God remembers you. I don't know what calamity is going on in your life or in your world, but God remembers you. Amen. Goes on all the animals and all the livestock that were with him. Look, God only remembered the animals because they were with Noah. Praise God. God remembers you. God sees you. Amen. Do you believe that, church? He sees you. Amen. And, uh, and, and so he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Praise God. I've got a word I'm going to preach for you today that I used to be um, scared to preach. Um, oh, what will people think, you know, or, or what if you talk about this on their first visit? What if it's a new person's first visit when you're talking about finances or offerings or, or sacrifice or whatever else it is? And, uh, 
And I, and I have learned a long time ago that preachers need to preach the whole word of God. And so the same pastor that will preach to you about marriage and about abortion and about truth and about all this, will preach about finances and freedom and grace. Amen. You've got to preach the whole word of God because where the pulpits are silent, the people suffer. When the pastor won't talk about abortion, a lady who had an abortion 20 years ago will suffer in the shame and the pain of it because it was never addressed from the pulpit. She didn't know there was grace. Come on now. She didn't know that though it was wrong, there was grace. See, where the pastor won't talk about marriage, marriages suffer. Where, where, the, where, the, where the pulpit won't address gender, then people live in confusion. Where, where the pulpit won't address finances, the people live in poverty. Come on now. Come on, where the, where the pulpit is silent, the people suffer. And so today I'm going to preach a word to you that I'm not ashamed of, that I know will unlock favor in your life. And I just believe that if you open your heart, receive the word, God will do something great in your life today. Amen? <clears throat> so before you take your seats, do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say to them, what is that smell on you? And you may take your seats. See, I know at least in this service, y'all smell good. Uh, in, the, in the 8.30 service, you know, they're in such a rush to get to church. They just wake up, oh, quick, get to church. And they, like, if you're wondering what that odor is when you walk in, that's the 8.30 people when they left. But you are the sweetest smelling people that ever come to Eternity Church. So thank you for showering. God bless you. What does that smell on you? You know, it's getting closer to the end of the year, and we are one week away from November. Can you believe that? In fact, I think we're a day away from November. Yeah, like it's, we've got tomorrow, and then it's November. That's crazy. Can you believe that? Like, I find that nuts how fast this year has gone. Um, so anyway, what I want to do, though, is just give you a quick update on some things going on. Uh, first and foremost, this coming Friday, we got Brian Welch from Corn in the house. Come on, at our men's event... <clears throat> And, and, and I know a lot of women are like, I want to go to that. I want to hear Brian. Look, ladies, I don't care if you're dressed like a man, look like a man, or call yourself a man, you can't come. All right? It's for men only. But just like we couldn't come and hear Penny Maxwell and all the other great preachers you've had at Feelers, this is an event for men. But the good news is all three services next weekend, we've got Brian Welch bringing a word. So come on. On, on Saturday night, uh, we, uh, at night church, on Saturday night, we've got Brian Welch sharing. He's going to preach a word. And then on Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30, he and I are going to sit down and have a conversation, a bit of a Q&A discussion about all that God has done in his life and all that God could do in yours. So, so everybody will get a chance. What I know is this, souls will be saved next weekend. They're saved every weekend in every service at Eternity Church. But a whole bunch of souls will be saved next weekend at Eternity Church. The question is, will one of them be one of your friends? Come on, souls are getting saved. I just need you to bring them in so that your friends and your family are included in that group. Amen? So also, men, get to the men's event. Brian Welch has been, um, has been messaging me and planning and praying over the event. He doesn't just want to come and collect a paycheck. He wants to leave a deposit at Eternity Church, all right? He messaged me. He's like, hey, Jesse, uh, is it all right if I bring a friend? I'm like, bro, bring whoever you want, you know? But he's like, I want to bring a friend and give him 10 minutes on the stage so that after I'm done talking, after he's done talking, that his friend could get up and talk about how they were desperate to kill themselves and end their lives. They were suicidal, but God, amen? And I love that there's a, a man of God that doesn't just want to come and get a paycheck, but is praying for, investing in, and finding a way to make it better for you. I believe that men are going to be set free. People talk about male privilege. Listen to me, men kill themselves more than anybody else in this country. I believe that some men are going to get set free from that in Jesus' name this Friday night. And so, and a whole bunch of other things. Who knows? that one of your friends might live a long and prosperous life because you brought them to Heroes on Friday night. <clears throat> There's going to be ribs, 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 and more ribs. Come on now. 
going to be axe throwing. What are we throwing axes at? Well, pigs, of course, so we can have more ribs. Come on, I'm kidding. Relax. Look, Peter, you won't like the event, but come anyway. Not Peter with an E-R, P-E-T, anyway. Hey, all right. The other thing I want to give you a quick update on before I get my preach on is our bold campaign. Um, it's gone really well, but if you're new here, you might not know much about it, um, or if you're new since the spring launch of our bold campaign, you, you, you probably don't know much at all other than you've seen pictures in the lobby. Um, so here, let's put that up on the screen. I want to show you what, we, what is our bold campaign. It's our new building campaign to build a new building right there out the front of our church. This right here, uh, imagine you are standing on 100th Street. That's what you will see, all right? Pointing straight out there at 100th Street. And uh, what I'm excited about is that we're just lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, amen? I'm excited that every letter of Jesus is as big as a man, three stories high, glowing in the dark, people driving past without hope, and they see Jesus lifted up. The devil's going to hate it. You better believe it. And if the devil hates us, praise God, something good's happening in our church, amen? And so... So we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. This here is a baptismal right there. And then we're going to have pavers over here, seats and things, so that after church many, many times over the summer, who knows, Who knows? maybe every week, I don't know what God might do, but we'll be baptizing people out there on 100th Street under the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. People are going to drive past and be like, what on earth is happening at that church? What is that smell? Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm excited about what God's doing. See, our church is growing and thriving because we're lifting Jesus up. Amen. Who Jesus really is. Not some new age fake Jesus. Not woke Jesus. Not broke Jesus. Not some random bloke named Jesus. But Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the King of Kings. Jesus, the Savior of the world. Jesus, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus, who's not just enough, but he's more than enough. Can I get an amen? We're lifting up the name of Jesus. And praise God, he's pouring out his favor on our church. Uh, Here's a few reasons why we're doing that. Last year, um, we got 3,400 plus regular attenders coming to our church 900 salvations, 1,300 new people, 10,000 meals given away, 3,900 gallons of milk given away, 400-plus people serving, 19-plus staff, and 15,000 free lattes because we're a spirit-filled, come on, a spirit-filled, overly caffeinated but very responsive church. Y'all like, why is the coffee free at Eternity Church? I'll tell you why. So you clap when we preach. Y'all come in jazzed, you know. That's why the coffee's free, right? Come on now. But, uh, but anyway, here, here's what, oh, wait, can I just, before you get rid of this, this is happening because thank you for coming to church. Thank you for bringing your unsaved friends. Thank you for inviting people. Thank you for serving in the, in the cafe. Thanks to the person that gives us milk. Thanks to the people that give and pack all the food. Thanks to the volunteers. Thanks to our staff. Thank you, everybody, for what you're doing, what, how you're serving, how you're faithful, how you're giving. Thank you. So here's what we're doing. Again, this is just sort of that real quick run through for the newbies here today. Um, here's what we're doing. We're adding 1,200-seat auditorium out the front there. Praise God. We're adding counseling rooms, multiple entrances. This is the view from the creek where you came in today was right here, and then we're adding another entrance, so if you don't have kids, ignore all that. Praise God, right? We're going to keep them locked up over this side so that they stop running into you over there. I'm just messing with you. It's all good. But we got entrances this side. There'll also be an entrance on that side of the building. That's why we have that car park over there. Um, we're going to have classrooms for discipleship. We're going to have a new cafe and kitchen where after church you can get lasagna and fries or fish and chips. Come on now. And if they tell me we can't do that, then we ain't building it. I want lasagna after church. Anybody else, right? You know, we fancy people can have a salad. Come on now. We're going to have some outdoor seating and entertainment. 
this whole current building that you're in right now will be a 24,000 square foot fully secure kids uh, and youth facility. You're going to have a noon lobby. We're adding about 35,000 square feet for a total of just under 60,000 square feet so that we can lift Jesus up, make disciples and teach them to obey all that God commanded. Amen. Here's what I'm excited about, though. The building is about lifting up the name of Jesus, all right? All right, can we put that slide back up the, from the front, the name of Jesus, lift it up? Um, the building is about preaching Jesus, praise God. Like just, just preaching Jesus and, 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 and discipleship and helping people grow in their faith. What I'm ex excited about is in this building, this auditorium will get split into three. There'll be some classrooms back there for the kids. There'll be a, a, a youth auditorium and a, and a kids auditorium, and there'll be a, a lobby that's all secure. And, and then over there, we'll have classrooms and all that. And what I want to see is people come to church, drop their kids off on Wednesday night, drop their youth off, drop their little toddlers off, that every single age group from zero all the way up to 120, that if you come to this place on Wednesday nights, you will grow in your faith. Amen. We're going to make Wednesday night church great again. Can I get an amen? Where you, where you don't just try and tick a box on the weekend, but you grow in your faith during the week too. Amen. So I'm excited about it, and, and it's just all about lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. So, so what are your next steps? Well, I'll talk more about that during the sermon, but also we need you to pray. We need you to commit to giving and fill out a pledge card, and we need you to stay faithful and just follow through on the pledge and the promise that you make before God. Amen? And lastly, I want to give you an update on how it's going. If you're new, you might be like, okay, um, when did this launch? Just five to six months ago, real fresh, okay, just in May. So what's that, like five and a bit months ago, right? And then every year we're going to do a spring and a full on-ramp. You'll notice we don't talk a lot about it every week. We don't want to every week be like, give us your money, give us your money, give us your money, give us your money, right? We don't want to be that church, but we do want to give everyone and every new person over the next three years an opportunity to jump on board and help build what God's doing here in central Iowa and all around our state. And so what we did was we had a very big and a very bold ask with a K, as my friend uh, said last week, um, and we, we really wanted to raise $7.5 million over three years. We're now six months deep. And, uh, and it's a big ask, and, and it's because we didn't want to come out of it with debt. Um, we, we wanted to, to be able to get a construction loan uh, and start building next year, and then when we, pay, when, we, when we move in 18 months later, to pay it off, all right, so that we're not beholden to financial institutions who don't like that we preach the whole gospel, um, and so we, we didn't want to ever be tempted to, to, to bow down or to change what we believe or what we preach based on an, a financial institution or, or, or any other reasoning in the community. We just didn't want to be controlled by money, and, and, and we'd rather send that money to missions and church planting and campuses and youth and schools and different things and ministry right here in Iowa. And so uh, instead of like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to interest payments. And so, um, so anyway, but so since we have such a great hope, we are very bold in asking for a big ask. And here's what's crazy. Just five months deep, five or six months deep, we've already had over $1.9 million come cash in the bank. And actually, <laughs> Brad grabbed me and he said, Jesse, it's actually, uh, it's about uh, 1.927. So it's an extra $22,000 that I didn't even know about, all right? And so we've already had that come in. We launched this thing about five, six months ago. Who knows, that's a miracle. Like, seriously, that's a, my friends from all over the world say they've never seen anything like it. Mega churches all over the world, never seen anything like it. I'm like, wow, praise God. We have a big ask and God came through, amen? Again, there was a K on that. Uh, we've had pledges as well, what people promise to give, or promise is not the right word, what people pledged and committed to give over the next three years. And uh, six months deep, the total number for pledges is already at $4 million, uh, plus, plus another million possible dollars um, that somebody is believing that they're going to be able to give and so we're sort of, we're telling you about it, but it's not on there because it's a if they can. Now, listen, it's not like if I said I'll give a million dollars where, you know, like, well, if I say I'm believing I'm going to give a million dollars, that's only going to happen if someone gives me a million dollars to give, right? 
but it's somebody who has the means and if the things in, the li- in their lives just work out how they should, then they're going to be able to do that. Um, but if they don't, they can't. It's not even that they don't want to, they just can't, right? And so, um, so anyway, we're at 4 million pledged already, praise God. And uh, what we need now over the next two and a half years is people to pledge to give another three and a half million over the next two and a half years, and we'll be up there, we will move in, and we will pay it off, and we will celebrate that we are preaching the gospel unencumbered by debt and opinions. We're just preaching the word. Praise God. So, now, God willing, we'll break ground next year. Um, That just depends on permitting and things like that, because... um, you got to beg permission to do things in this country now. So um, <laughs> that wasn't an opinion. It was. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you might want to have bigger conversations, and we understand that. So on November 17th, we're going to host what's called Fireside Chats, where we'll provide food and drinks. And some of our staff, board, and our key bold team members will be sitting outside by fires on the patio, um, and you'll be able to have personal conversations. There won't be one person standing up talking to everybody. There'll be like, a, like, you know, 10 to 20 different groups of people talking to different people. And so if you and your spouse or you and your family or just you on your own want to come and sit down with some of our bold team leaders and bold team members, would you just come and sit down and enjoy, enjoy, uh, enjoy some, some, some refreshments and stuff with us out by the fire on a nice fall evening and they will talk. Ask them why you are involved. Why are we doing this? Uh, what are we expecting God to do and how can I help, Okay. Like I said, we'll have free drinks. We'll have the cafe open. There'll be free espresso so that late at night, you'll be up all night praying and believing with us for a miracle. Amen. There's a reason we give y'all coffees. Come on now. So join us in that. And then on the 19th and the 20th, we'll be collecting our second batch of faith pledges and also taking up a special offering that day, which we'll do twice a year. Uh, taking up a special seed offering where we're asking if you can to give up to 20% of your commitment up front um, or some people just want to give once or twice a year and do it that way and so once or twice a year we'll do that as well and that'll be exciting. So if you are new um, and or if this is your church home and you haven't pledged and um, then what we want you to do is after the service um, the team's going to offer you one of these. It's our bold booklet. These booklets are amazing, by the way. Read the story. You'll get a real sense of the heart and direction of our church. It's not just about the building, but where we've come from, where we're going, what God's doing, okay? Uh, and, then, and then bring this piece back on the 19th or 20th to put that in the bold uh, pledge offering as well there. And then that'll be, that's it. So God bless you. We've also got a gift for everybody else in the church as well today, but I'll get to that in a moment. But are you excited? Come on, we're lifting Jesus up, winning the lost, making disciples, and teaching them to obey everything that God has commanded us. Amen? Awesome. Would you all mind standing up with me? We're going to read from Genesis chapter 8, verses 18 to 22. All right. All right, all right. Uh, Genesis chapter 8, verse 18. All right. Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds and everything that moves on the land came out of the ark one after the other. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from their youth. Uh, I will never again destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Verse 21, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart. Would you turn to your neighbor as you take your seat and ask them again, what is that smell? You know what? Just sniff your neighbor. Give him a good sniff. What is that smell? <laughs> the, the, the sermon, um, the title of my sermon today is Smells Like Favor. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I smell like favor. The title of my sermon is Smells Like Favor. And today, after the service, not just the new people, but everybody 
gets to walk out with one of these car air fresheners that says smells like favour on it. Uh, and so here they are. Oh, it smells like favour. If favour had a smell, this is what it would be. Come on now, right? And so you all get to leave with one of these, hang it in your car so that you can be reminded that my life smells like favour, amen? And so we did a similar thing many years ago. And a few months ago, I asked Steph, I said, Steph, could you redesign uh, um, some air fresheners Right, smells like favor across it, put our new logo on it and all that sort of gear. This time, make it actually smell good, unlike the last batch, and, and, and so we can give them away when I get to Genesis chapter 8. And, and I completely forgot about that, because that was months ago I asked Steph to do that, completely forgot about it. And, uh, and then I was like writing my sermon, and, 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 and praise God, the same thing stood out to me as I read the chapter as when I did months and months and months ago. And what's crazy is I, I, re, I, I had a name for my sermon. It was really, it was boring. It was like when Christians smell good or something like that. And after I write my sermon, Steph messaged me, and she's like, Jesse, do you still want to hand out those air fresheners? I was like, oh, yeah, the air fresheners. Forgot about those. And oh yeah, I had a way better title for my message too, praise God. And so I sat down, I reworked it, and I remembered. But what I love about that is months ago we planned when we get to Genesis chapter 8 to preach on what I'm preaching today. Um, I forgot uh, leading up to it that I was going to need to talk about the bold campaign today as well. I forgot all about it. But as providence would have, that's today and so is this message. And I think that's because God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for our church, and this message matters. Amen? Amen. So, the title again, Smells Like Favor. I've met some Christians who don't smell good. I've met some Christians that stink. Anybody else? Come on, their attitude just stinks, right? You know those Christians who, they say they're saved, but they forgot to tell their face? You know, they're in church, and the worship's going on, and they're like, yeah. You know, and they look at some new person and they see them and, oh, yeah, there's a new person. And they're like, they're like oh, yeah, 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 give your life to Jesus so your life can suck like mine. And you're like, well, what was wrong with you? You saved somebody? Tell your face. Like, they stink, right? You ever met some of those Christians? Hands up if you're sitting next to one. Come on now, right? You know, the Christians who have received grace but won't give grace, you know, those Christians... You know, they stink, don't they? Or what's just as bad is the Christians whose lives have been transformed by the truth, but they won't preach it anymore. Christians who have experienced transformation, but are ashamed to testify about it. Christians who have been blessed, but refuse to be a blessing. They stink, don't they? But it's interesting to me that there are things that we can do in our lives, that there are ways we can live our lives, that can actually move the heart of God, cause him to take a whiff and be like, oh, they smell good. <laughs> when God gets a whiff of your life, does he get a pleasing aroma? Or does he smell something foul like when Cain gave his offering to the Lord? What do you smell like to God? I want, when God takes a whiff of my life, I, I want him to say in his heart, oh, Jesse, you smell so good. <laughs> I'm going to pour out my favor on your life. Some, in fact, Jesse, you smell so good, I'm going to make a promise that I've never made before. Summer and winter, day and night, cold and heat, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping will not cease. Come on now, what do you smell like to God? Amen? There's a way that Noah lived his life that changed the heart of God. Have you ever heard the term, you reap what you sow? You ever see something happen in someone's life and somebody says karma? They usually add another word afterwards. You ever heard that? Karma. Look, karma's not real, but sowing and reaping is real. Galatians 6 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Here the Apostle Paul is saying, if you sow evil, from evil you will reap. If you sow good, from good you will reap. If you sow to please God, from God you will reap a harvest. Where did this principle come from? Because the way that Paul said it to them, 
Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. The structure of his sentence and the way that he indicated, the way that he said it indicated that this is something you know, all right? You know this will happen. God will not be mocked. If you throw a ball in the air, it will come down. The law of gravity is here to stay. God will not be mocked, right? If you sow evil, you will reap evil. God will not be mocked. If you sow goodness, you will reap from goodness. God will not be mocked. As a man sows, so he will reap. Paul said a similar thing to the Corinthians. He said a whole bunch of stuff, and then he says, the point I'm making is this. Whoever, (coughs) excuse me, Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And before Paul ever said that, Jesus said in Luke, Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, pouring into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. Can I get an amen? If you give, if you're generous, it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over and pouring up into your lap. Jesus used some language here that that expanded on the truth. Sorry, that that helped uh, explain the truth of sowing and reaping and the spiritual repercussions that come with it. Those who are generous will reap a supernatural generosity. Those who give will reap supernaturally and live in the favor of God. Have you ever had someone ask you, why are you so happy? Ever had anyone ask you that? Wake up, 10.30. Ever had anyone ask you that? Come on now, right? Like, why are you so happy? Come on now. Why does everything seem to work out in your life? How come even the bad things in your life end up blessing your life? Why does that happen to you? Why are you so lucky? Amazing how luck follows those who honor the Lord, isn't it? All right? Why are you so lucky? You need to tell them, that, my friend, is the smell of supernatural favor on my life. People ask me that all the time. Jesse, why does everything work out for you? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like I haven't had tough things in my life. I'm not saying that. I've had dreadful things, terrible things. Maybe for some of you, things you can't even imagine happening in someone's life since a very young age. But everything worked out because I gave my life to Christ. Amen? Everything's worked out. And I pray and I repent when I'm wrong. And and I sow and I reap what I sow. Praise God. Recently, we had a storm that... um, that hit our house, a hailstorm. I talked about it a little while ago, and we were blessed with tennis ball-sized hail uh, banging down on our house. And what's really interesting, it was annoying. I was frustrated. I, I wasn't, like, worried, but I was annoyed and inconvenienced. And, but then I realized, look, we're moving out of our house for a few months anyway as we're in renovating the interior, something we've been planning to do for many, many years. And, and some of y'all just sit there and do it yourself. Look, I'm not good at that. The house would be built upside down and fall apart and leak everywhere, so I can't do it myself. And also aren't tough enough to live there while it's happening. All right? And so, so we're moving out. But we were only renovating the interior of our house. We weren't doing anything outside other than a lick of stain on the cedar siding. And, and, then, and then along comes this storm, this annoying storm that did so much damage everywhere that it went. And now almost all of our windows are being replaced and our roof is being replaced. We weren't replacing the roof. We weren't replacing the windows. We weren't replacing the skylights. But now they're all being replaced and the cedar and the downspurts and the lighting, all this stuff. And what's crazy is I was going to renovate the inside and I, and I didn't even know the outcome when I talked to you last time, but now Farm Bureau is renovating the outside. Why does it always work out for you? You reap what you sow. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to get a free exterior renovation, but I am saying that it seems to work out for my life because when I sow like this, I reap like that. On the flip side, those who sow evil will reap calamity. Proverbs says, if you sow injustice, calamity will come your way. In Malachi, we see with tithing that when we obey God and give our tithes, we reap tithes. Our tithes, uh, we reap a supernatural favor on our lives. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. 
and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven on your life and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more room to store it. Sowing and reaping is a law of God, as real as gravity, but with supernatural effects. We see it all through Scripture that those who sow will reap from what they sowed. We see it in Galatians, in Corinthians, in Revelations, and those in between. We see it in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke, and in John. We see it in Malachi. We see it in Hosea, in Ecclesiastes, in the Proverbs, and in the Psalms. We see it all through Scripture that as a man sows, so a man will reap. Amen? So where did all this sowing and reaping come from? If we keep going back and back and back and back, where did all this sowing and reaping in the Word of God begin? Well, Genesis chapter 8. Right there. Right there. Didn't exist, didn't, wasn't there before that. Had never been mentioned. But after the most tragic event in human history, after the most depressing, heartbreaking, destructive moment in all of human history, still to this day, God gives us a recipe for dealing with disaster, sowing and reaping. God gives us a roadmap for dealing with calamity. God gives us a blueprint for living in favor and blessing in our lives. Don't misconstrue what favor and blessing is. It doesn't mean everybody's going to have Maseratis and multi-million dollar homes, all right? What we're saying is those who sow good will reap good. Those who sow evil will reap evil. Come on. And those who sow into kingdom things, life will be better than if they didn't. Can I get an amen? Sowing and reaping. What a man sows, he will reap. Now, if that's true in our lives, and not just our finances, if that's true in our lives, if a man reaps what he sows, What is it that you have to look forward to? If the seeds we planted in our past will come and grow in our future, what are you staring down the barrel at? Have you sown into the flesh? Have you sown into wicked things? Have you sown into negativity and nasty curses on people's lives? Have you sown injustice? Have you sown discord in the family and disunity in the church? Have you cheated on your taxes and thought, well, no one can see. Nobody knows that that it's happening, so it won't have any effect. Listen, God cannot be mocked, and he knows. Come on, God cannot be mocked, and, and, and he knows. Have you ever heard the question, what would you do if nobody was watching? What would you do if you could never get caught? Listen, God cannot be mocked. As a man sows, so he will reap. Come on, God cannot be mocked. We will reap what we sow. And here's the thing, for many of us in this room and in our church and online and around our community, many people have have sown seeds and are terrified of the trees that are going to grow because of the seeds that we sowed. Many people live their lives, and I don't know if you've seen the movie The Patriot, but evidently to to tell the American story, uh, the best way to do that is with two Australian actors. And so so I don't know if you've seen the movie The Patriot, but in the movie, the, 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 uh, what's his name? William Wallace. I'm just kidding. Anyway, Mel Gibson, same, same act. Mel Gibson says, I have long feared that the sins of my past would come back to haunt me. And many people live their lives like that. And you have long feared that the seeds you planted yesterday are going to grow an awful tree of destruction and calamity in your life tomorrow. (laughs) And many people keep living their lives and they've read the word and they know what it says. And they've heard from God and they know what's right. And yet they ignore it and they run the other way and they do things that God said don't and they go places God said don't and they live their life in a way that God said is destructive and one day they're going to wake up like Samson and they're going to wake up to go to battle and realize that the strength of God has left me. Samson didn't even know but he had been sowing seeds of evil and in the wrong place and one day a tree grew and he woke up and he couldn't fight because the Spirit of God had left him. I don't want to be the one that keeps sowing those seeds because nobody knows and nobody can see and, uh, and nobody knows what browser history I've got and nobody knows where I am when it's dark and nobody can see my taxes and nobody knows. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked and we will reap what we sow. 
And that's scary, isn't it, for many of us? Because all of us have sown seeds that will grow trees of calamity and disaster in our lives. There's only one way to stop it. If you have sown discord and sown revenge and sown injustice and sown seeds of the world, the only way to stop what will come to you is if you repent. And ask God to supernaturally intervene and to remember mercy. Ask God to put a supernatural roadblock up that will stop that seed from growing into my life. Ask God to drop some spiritual roundup on that thing before it ever grows into a tree. Or if we're already living in the consequences of past decisions and past mistakes, then we need to stand up and we need to, we need to get on our knees before God, sorry, and ask God, remember mercy. God, this tree has grown. I planted the seed. I, did, I even watered the seed after I planted the seed. And now it's grown up into calamity and destruction in my life. God, would you come with a, with a chainsaw, with a wood chipper, and a stump grinder and get that thing out of my life, Lord. Listen, the only time that you can supersede it is if you ask God to spiritually intervene. The supernatural is more powerful than the natural and sowing and reaping has become a law as natural as gravity because God made it so, but the supernatural can override it in your life. Can I get an amen? So we're going to have an altar call later today and some people that sown some seeds and are living their lives in fear of the trees that are going to grow, are going to come down the front and say, God, would you please remember mercy and destroy that thing that I put in the ground. Amen. But as I'm reading all of this, I started to ask myself, why, God? Why? Why did God say summer and winter seed time and harvest, cold and heat, sowing and reaping? Why did he say this? Why did God give us such power over the course of our own lives, especially given what had just happened in the world? Why give us that privilege to be able to make decisions that might transform our future and allow us to live in favor and blessing? Why? What was it that caused the heart of God to turn and give us this simple, beautiful roadmap that even your three-year-old can understand? You reap what you sow. Do unto others. What was it that caused God to give us such a beautiful, simple roadmap? Verse 21, and when God smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart. What pleasing aroma did he smell? He smelled an offering. Bear with me. God never told him to give that offering. You won't find it. You won't find it. Where did God tell him to give an offering? God didn't tell him to, to give a tenth. It was more than a tenth. It wasn't a tithe. No, it was a free will offering. And because of it, all of us and all of humanity gets to live under this extraordinary promise. Sowing and reaping, summer and winter, day and night, cold and heat shall not cease. Noah wasn't commanded to give this offering. God did not tell him he had to do this. And it wasn't a tithe. That doesn't come till Genesis chapter 14. And we teach on tithing here once a year, usually in the first quarter or two of the year, because it's important because where the pulpits are silent, the people suffer. But that's not what this is. This was a man thankful. Thankful. <clears throat> Noah, having come out of calamity, disaster, struggle, was thankful to God and his mercy and his grace. And he chose to give an offering he chose to build an altar and give an offering out of his, get this, extremely limited resources. Can you think about how limited his resources were? There was seven maximum of anything. And he killed one of every one of them and gave them to the Lord. That's even more than a tithe. The first thing Noah does coming out of the ark and looking around at the devastation is take a moment and recognize all I have belongs to you, Lord. In fact, I wouldn't even have what I've got now had you not told me all those months ago, all those years ago, to collect them and put them in the... I only have 
these birds. I only have these animals because you told me to get them. Man, so many Christians live their lives and they obey God back here. And because of that, God pours out his favor and they survive calamity and they survive disaster. But then over here, they forget that what they have is because of God. They wouldn't even have it if they didn't obey God back then. If they didn't read the word, if the Holy Spirit didn't speak, if somebody didn't prophesy and they forget that God gave it to them. Noah comes out and he recognizes that all I have belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth and everything in it belongs to you, God. All I have is from you. The only reason I have them is because you told me to gather them. God, you're the only way. And your favor is the only way we're going to get out of this mess and rebuild after this destruction. Amen. Now I say that to say this, listen to me now and be careful. Be careful not to read into this. Just listen. The church in America right now has gone through disaster, calamity, destruction, brokenness, division, disunity, distraction. After COVID, BLM, elections, riots, stuff that everybody's this way and then that way and up and down, false teachers all over the places. So many churches now preaching a woke gospel. It seems like there aren't many bold and biblical churches left in America. Now, I'm not saying there aren't any. I'm just saying it seems like there aren't many left. It feels like most churches are weak and woke, or weak or woke. We used to be weak. Praise God, we woke up. Now we're awake, bold and biblical. Amen? But it's, it feels like most churches, it just feels that way, that a lot of them are weak or woke, and they're preaching this newly minted, nicely palatable gospel to the world. Preachers and churches worshiping the created instead of the creator. It seems... So many have, as Paul said to the Romans, exchanged the truth of God for a lie and have worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator of the creature. Over the last couple of years, so many churches have fallen apart, gone the way of the world, as they choose to worship mankind, to worship sexuality, to worship gender, to worship race, to worship politics, to worship popularity, to worship pollsters, for goodness sake. Come on, we're called to rise above all that and preach the word of God. It doesn't sway with popular opinion. It is what it is, and it always will be. Amen? They worship the creature and the created rather than the creator of the heavens and the earth. But I truly believe that now is not the time for the church to lick their wounds. But that God is raising up a remnant who love truth and love grace, who preach a gospel that says, here's the bar, everybody who's meeting it or failing it is welcome in the house of God. Everybody is welcome, men, women, children, grandparents, yellow, black, white, what's the song? Red, yellow, black and white, they are precious in it. So everybody welcome in the house of God. Come on now. We've got to get back to the word. God's raising up a remnant who love truth and love grace because truth without grace is mean and grace without truth is meaningless. And I believe as we stand up and as we give and as we serve and as we love and as we preach and as we sow seeds upon an altar that actually costs us something. So many people want to worship God in a way that doesn't cost them anything like this. Let the people around me sing. Let the people around me lift their hands. Let the people around me move. Let the people around me present their bodies as a living sacrifice. So many people want to spend a minute in the word a day and think it's going to change their lives. I believe that as we stand up, we will see the bride of Christ come alive again. And not just here in Clive, in Audubon, in Iowa, but across this whole country. I believe that, 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 that as the bride of Christ stands up, giving, serving, loving, preaching, sowing seeds on altars that cost us something, that as people drive past the church, they will smell what God's doing. They'll look at the house and be like, what's that smell? For our church, a part, not the whole thing, a part of that roadmap is our bold campaign, right? 
standing up and giving when it seems crazy to give, building when it seems crazy to build, getting louder when it seems safer to hide and and shrink back, uh, asking God to do more than we could ask, think, or imagine when it seems more impossible than ever before. Come on now. No, 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 no. They say the church is dead, but I'm telling them, hey, her dry bones have come alive. She was dead before all this stuff. Now she's alive, amen. Watch all around the world, all across America, dry bones coming alive again. What used to smell like wokeism, what used to smell like fear, what used to smell like death now smells like favor. And so I do ask, without any apprehension, all of us this November to join us in seeing the Bride of Christ here in Iowa, right in the middle of America. Stand up stronger than ever. I'm asking you to make a pledge or an offering that would cause God to stop and say, that smells so good. Then he might say in his heart, Gabriel, Michael, boys, come and look at Iowa. Not Idaho, Iowa. No, not Ohio, Iowa. Not potatoes, corn. Right there. <clears throat> come on now, look. Look, boys, there's a church that still believes. There's a church that still believes in healing. If they preach about what's broken, it could be healed. There's a church that believes greater days are coming that still believes in discipleship, that's still sowing into the next generation because they actually believe there'll be another generation to reap what they're sowing. Come on now. Look, there's a church that still believes in truth, preaches it boldly, still lifts my name up. Can you smell that aroma coming out of Iowa? They still want to win the lost out of brokenness into wholeness. Come on now. They're still preaching about holiness. Can I get an amen? They still believe that my way is better. They still believe. They are still a church that believes people can be set free from shame. People can be set free from the shame of sins done years ago that they've been carrying. That they can be set free from sexual sin, from homosexuality, from gender dysphoria. They can be set free from family curses, from alcoholism and drug addiction. They can be set free from abuse. They still trust me. They still believe in me. They still believe I'm a God of miracles and a God of the impossible. They're making room for my favor. Come on, church. Could you stand up and give the Lord a little bit of praise in this place? Hallelujah. Come on now. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you've got to understand it's not just for our church. Don't run out of here because I said stand up. I've got about 45 more minutes of passion left in me. All right? I'm fired up, all right? But listen, listen up. I ain't kidding right now. It's not just for our church. You know, our church has already inspired hundreds of churches across America, across Australia, across even Britain, the UK, and, the, and Europe. Our church has inspired people to stand up for what's right. We were right there saying, yes, Lord, right at the start of all this chaos. And people have seen that the gospel still has power when it's preached with truth. People said, if you preach this stuff, that, 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 that it'll dampen your testimony. People won't get saved. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're wrong. The gospel as it is, Jesus, who he is, not who you want him to be, who he is, is good already. People get saved, and instead of getting saved out of brokenness into brokenness, where the world believes this and the church agrees with them, and all they do is get a new Spotify playlist when they come to church. No. No, people need to get saved out of brokenness into holiness, into restoration, healing, and growth. Amen. No, no, no. As we've been sacrificially giving and serving and praying and worshiping here, You have helped spark and are helping spark a resurrection of dead churches across America that once smelled like rotten flesh but now starting to smell like favor. I want people to drive by. Can we put the picture back up on the screen? I want people to drive by our church. Thanks, guys. Okay, there we go. I want people to drive by and be like, in the middle of all this, 
Something smells different about that church. How is this happening? I want it to confound them. The point where they've got to ask, how, why, what's that smell? Oh, that's the smell of favor, amen. They'll be like, I know they're different. I wish they weren't, but I can't deny it smells good. But it's not just for our church together. You can take that off now. It's not just for our church together. For you individually, maybe for your family. You reap what you sow into. And we're going to go probably six, seven minutes over today because we've got something really important to deal with right now. There are people who have long feared that the seeds that they've planted in their life are going to grow someday. And then I preach a message today telling you God will not be mocked. What a man reaps, he will sow. And I don't want you to leave this place with the same fear that that might have put in you, but instead find freedom and release. Some of you have sown seeds in your marriage that you're worried about what will happen when they grow. I want to give people an opportunity to repent and say, God, I'm turning away from these things. I'm not going to keep planting seeds of destruction and calamity that are going to grow one day in my life. God, I'm sorry. Remember mercy. God, would you throw down some spiritual roundup on those seeds? Would you bring a chainsaw and a wood chipper and a stump grinder on these consequences? Would you put up a roadblock? God, keep me safe from the shame and the pain and the sins of my past. Even if my past was this morning at 6 a.m., but now it's the 10.30 service and God's doing a new thing. Because I'm not here to give you shame about 6 a.m. this morning or 6 p.m. yesterday or Thursday. I'm here to talk to you about, uh, about 1 o'clock today and, and, and tomorrow and next year. Let's deal with some stuff today. Let's stop pretending that everything's going to be all right and we're just going to keep rolling around, planting seeds, because one day we're going to wake up like Samson and be like, it's gone. It's everything that I worked for, it's gone. And so we're going to have an altar call now, and, 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 and there's two people I want to come forward. There's, there's people who hear the word that Jesus said, whoever, oh, no, sorry, that was Paul, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And for many of you, that might have to do with the bold campaign. It might have to do with how you're sowing into time with your family. It may have to do with serving. Uh, I don't know. But, 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 but God's speaking to you today to be a bountiful sower, not a sparing sower. And I want you to come down the front in a moment as well and just say, yeah, God, I'm excited about what this is going to do. I'm going to smell like favor in the name. I'm going to smell like favor as I get more bountiful in my serving. Maybe you've been sowing bountifully and you're like, God, could you pour that favor out today? Usually seeds take time to grow, but you need some peace while you're away. Come get prayer. But I also, and I desperately want those who have sown seeds that have created fear in your life. I want you to come down the front and we're going to pray that God would round up them in Jesus' name. So come on down right now. No matter who you are, if you want prayer for either ends of these things, come on down. Freedom today in Jesus' name. Come on down. Keep coming. Keep coming. Come to the middle as well so you can make room for people down the aisles. Hallelujah. Victory is coming. Victory is coming. Victory is coming. Victory is coming. Keep on coming. You've sown seeds. You don't have to grow that tree. You don't have, that tree doesn't have to grow. You can keep running away. Hey, sometimes a miracle takes more than just, just two minutes of prayer and one moment of obedience. Sometimes it takes more time. Sometimes it's going to cost you something. Sometimes you've got to walk down the front in front of everybody and ask God to do something. See, David, the king one day, he was going to give an offering. Some other bloke says, hey, I'll give you what you need for the offering. And David says, no, 
I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. I'm going to pay. I'm going to sow. Amen. Some of you need to start sowing good seeds in good soil by coming to an altar today and presenting yourself as a pleasing sacrifice and aroma to the Lord today. Some of you need to come down here and I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. Come on now. And we're going to pray for you in a moment. And I believe with all my heart that miracles are coming. That miracles are coming. That there are trees that are already growing that are going to get cut down in Jesus' name. Amen. And there are seeds that are planted that are going to die in the name of Jesus. Would all of you lift up your hands for me right now in down the front here? Everyone else, if you want to help me pray for these people, just reach out in faith. This is a very important moment. Now, now, now lift up your hands and to surrender to God. But listen, as I pray, God's going to start speaking to many of you. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you roadmaps. He's going to tell you, go here, do that. Cancel that subscription. Stop doing that. Listen, some of y'all, God's going to say, you know what? You'll be able to sow into your marriage if you stop sowing into Netflix. Come on now. God's going to speak to some of y'all. You want to be a bountiful sower in your marriage? It's going to take more than two minutes and one moment of obedience. It's going to take a change in your life. Amen. Bountiful, not sparingly. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these incredible, wonderful, beautifully humble people down the front here today that have said enough is enough. I will not keep living my life in a way, in a fashion that acts like God can be mocked. I don't want to be deceived like that anymore. I don't want to sow seeds like that anymore. I don't want to be sparing. And I don't want to, I don't want to be bountiful, uh, a bountiful sower into ungodly things. I want to sow bountifully into godly things. But God, many of them have lived in fear that the sins and the shame and the, and the seeds that they planted in the past are coming back to get them one day. Well, God, I break that off their life in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I break that, that lie off their lives, that garbage off their lives, that today as they repent, today as they turn away, today as they say, God, I'm going your way, Yahweh, I'm going your way today. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bring some spiritual roundup down on those ungodly seeds. That if trees have already grown, cut them down. Grind those stumps to the ground in Jesus' name, I pray. That every root, that every single leaf, that every single seed that came from it would die in the name of Jesus Christ. And that Holy Spirit, you would breathe life. Breathe life. Hallelujah. Breathe life into every single one of them. Life. Life. Life in Jesus' name. Life in Jesus' name. Life. Life. God, I pray now and I declare in the name of Jesus that the smell of death be gone and the smell of favor come in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Want all of you down here, don't any of you go yet, all right? Want all of you down here to do me a favor. No, do yourself a favor. Stay down here for a bit longer. I'm going to talk to people who are away from Jesus. But again, what's, you want what, what, another three, four minutes to see your life transformed? Come on, stay down here. Keep praying as I'm talking to others. You keep praying. You keep believing. You ask God, speak to me. Speak to me. God, give me wisdom. What's the roadmap, Lord? What's the roadmap? See, after Noah's sacrificial offering, God gave a roadmap to favor and blessing. I believe God's going to speak to many of you and give a roadmap today for how you can see the seeds die, the trees cut down, and favor come in your life. Amen. Praise God. But everybody else, I know I've gone over. I don't normally. Mark Francie did last week. You know, that was a new thing for our church, right? I'm just kidding. But I want to talk to people who are away from God. All right, if you're away from God, maybe you've never had a friendship with God, or maybe you've walked away, listen to me. He still loves you. He still sees you. He remembers you. But, but you got to get in the boat. you got to get in the ark. 
See, there's a thing called a type of Christ. It's a theological term. What it means is there are things in the Old Testament that almost like prophesy characteristics of the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. The ark, Noah's ark, really it's God's ark, right? Noah built it. It was God's ark. God provided the resources. Come on now. The builders who build our building, it's not theirs, it's God's. Amen. So God's ark was a type of Christ. See, the world was doomed and going to hell except for those in the ark. Today, the world is doomed and going to hell except for those who get in the ark. Scripture, Jesus said, I am, I am in you and you are, I, sorry, I am the vine. I am in you and you are in me. You need to invite Jesus Christ into your life. That's how we jump in the ark now. Amen. Scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That means I'm going to say a prayer in a moment. I want you to repeat it back to me. Believe it in your heart, say it with your mouth, and according to the word of God, you will be saved. Now, I know some of you might be like, well, what's going to change in my life? Honestly, lots of things. And I'm still on a journey where God speaks and I obey. God speaks and I obey. But here's the thing. There are things in your life that need to change, and I'm not telling you this Christian life's going to be easier. In some ways, it may be harder. It's, it's harder to stay faithful to your wife, but it's better to stay faithful to your wife. See, 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 some things may be harder, but I promise you this, as God speaks and you listen, your life will be better than it is now. Your life is better with Christ. Can I get an amen? Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Eternity Church. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.